Hello and welcome to Are You Spiritual? My name is Jasmine Milani. I'm a Reiki master, intuitive healer, seeker, and your guide for this episode of Are You Spiritual? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to share what I've been up to the last couple of weeks and why it took me a minute to <laughs> get back to recording. And I wanted to say thank you. I had quite a few people reach out to me um, from the last episode and about Lama Christie. And I just wanted to say thank you. All of those responses really mean so much to me because I am doing this in the vacuum of my office and it can feel a little myopic sometimes. And so thank you so much. Please reach out to me through DMs at Are You Spiritual Podcast on Instagram or you can email um, are you spiritual podcast at Gmail or Jasmine at Jasmine Milani. And I just want to thank you again for reaching out. I'm really grateful to this podcast. And this episode is going to be kind of about gratitude and spiritual retreats. I was really lucky recently to go to a, I don't, it wasn't a spiritual retreat, but it was sort of a seminar is what I'm calling it. And it was basically a informal, um, very lovely kind of get together, almost like a family reunion of people that you don't know. So I have been a fan of and follower of um, a or a reader named Mystic Michaela. Her real name is Megan, <laughs> um, but it's actually very smart to have your spiritual name um, not be your name. So especially when you're going to be the mom at the uh, carpool line. So uh, but the Mystic Michaela spiritual family is this group of people that have been influenced and affected by her and who are fans of hers. And she's an absolutely lovely person. I was lucky enough a few years ago to have a reading with her uh, that really changed my life. And when I saw that they were doing this reunion in Fort Lauderdale, I bought a ticket and then just sort of figured out how I was going to do any, everything afterwards. I sort of reverse engineered the experience. Um, but because this episode is going to come out right around Thanksgiving and because gratitude is so important, I kind of wanted to talk about what the experience was like. Um, I've also had the experience in the last year to uh, meet another one of my heroes, Marianne Williamson. And it was in a totally random way. She happened to be appearing at a bar in West Hollywood and I was able to meet her. And although I've uh, had books signed by her before and gone to events uh, that she's held before, this was the first time I really had a moment with her. And I just expressed my gratitude. We don't often get to meet our heroes. And what's wonderful about the heroes that I have in the spiritual world is that they're sharing their knowledge. There's no gatekeeping because the idea of competition doesn't make any sense if you don't believe in lack. If you believe that there's enough for everyone, then we're no one's competing for one pie. We all have our own pies <laughs> and they're limitless, bottomless pie. So uh, that was such a great experience that I knew. And I was a little bit nervous about meeting them in person. So Megan and her husband, Scott, really have come together to um, create this whole um, 
incredibly successful podcast. She's written three fantastic books. The third book is coming out soon. I can't wait to get it. And they're just so inspiring to me. And one of her creeds is um, to make the paranormal normal. And I think that's really the calling of this era, of this time now, is to welcome in our spiritual self, our own intuitive knowledge. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, what Megan does. And it's so fascinating. I highly recommend you follow her. She has an incredible podcast called Know Your Aura. Her books are, she has a great angel number book that usually sits on my desk. And um, she also has a psychic workbook that's really great. You can follow her at mysticmichaela.com. I think it is on the internet. She does very reasonable classes, uh, discussion groups. She has a very uh, pop-in Facebook group. And it is what I've found to be a very supportive community. I mean, it is social media. So, you know, that is what it is. But um, what she does and what is so unique to her is that um, she sees aura colors around people. And this is just sort of a natural ability, um, like, you know, smell, you can't really turn it off. And she talks very eloquently about her struggles with learning how to work with her gifts. And um, one of the reasons that they're so inspiring is because um, her husband really uh, joined her in this and was supportive. And I think that's something that we don't often think is going to happen. We think if we really step into our gifts that um, we won't have the support of our loved ones and our family. And that can be really scary. Uh, I just want to show that example that actually this person who Scott is pretty openly skeptical um, believed in her. And they've created a beautiful life and they deserve it. They're wonderful people. So Megan sees colors around people and she is, has been able to create sort of general personality types based on the colors. So I'm not going to go into it in detail here. She has all of her resources are incredibly um, easy to find and accessible, but just generally, um, a yellow would be sort of the more organized person, the person who is most likely to um, organize the potluck, for example. A red might be someone who is the most likely to lose it in the DMV line, um, but will also stand up for anyone who needs um, a, a champion. You know, they're going to stand. It's real dad energy, red to me. Um, Blue is very empathic and can really be the person that you'll find sitting next to the one who doesn't have anyone to sit with at lunch. Um, indigos are tend to be very sensitive, more intuitive. Um, I'm an indigo and I like, you know, my cats and my soft bed. And I think that's pretty, <laughs> pretty exemplary of indigos. Um, purples are more impulsive. Um, I'm an indigo purple. So definitely I see that in my life. Like when I book a ticket to a breakfast in Florida and then figure out how to go there. That's very purple for me. My crystal collection is <laughs> very sponsored by the purple side of me too. And then there are greens who tend to be like more science minded, um, tend to be more fascinated by um, things that fascinate them, um, for example, and there's a lot of different kinds of green. So for example, my son is like the gamer green and that really suits him um, that he's a gamer green and a, another color. And then there are turquoise who's, who tend to be very reflective, um, kind of trying to fit in with the group they're in. Uh, pinks who are your ultimate um, grown-up Barbie girl who like a soft, pretty world, but can also be such positive forces 
And then there are other ones like rainbows and star seeds, and and that gets a little bit more complicated. Um, but then there are combinations of these colors. So like I mentioned, I'm an indigo purple. I tend to be very sensitive, very intuitive, and sometimes quite impulsive, especially when I was younger. Um, and then there, so you can see how these combinations, so you could be a yellow blue. So you could be the one organizing the potluck and making sure that everybody gets invited. And this goes on and, and then there could be tricolors. And so why this helps is I think a lot of us are searching to be seen and to be acknowledged. And when someone says, I see this about you, and maybe it's something that like in your heart of hearts, you have known, but not been able to express that opens a door that releases so much energy of just holding in and holding back. And it makes us, it makes me feel more at ease with my nature and more compassionate towards myself and more understanding. So in my reading with uh, Megan, it was in March of 2020. Uh, my mom had passed away about a year before I was divorced, but um, we were still working, you know, through all of that. And I had um, taken my Reiki training and things were really starting to light up for me. And I was getting clients and I really felt my heart pulling me towards this other side of myself that I had not wanted to acknowledge, um, had a lot of fear and shame around. And my reading with um, Megan really affirmed, she saw me and she affirmed that I could move forward. I could have a practice. I could be of benefit to people, that this would be successful. And that motivated me so much to keep going. Now, I didn't quit my job right away, but it happened in March of 2020. So right before the pandemic. And that was a, a great time for me to start moving all of what I wanted to do online. It opened up a whole new world for me. And I don't even think I would have started thinking about a podcast, not just because of her incredibly great podcast, but if I hadn't spent so much time just working through Zoom and recording meditations for my clients and just learning that this would work and be helpful. And so I'm forever grateful to Megan for that. And then after that, I would write these emails that were like, so, hey, how do you do this? How do you start a business? And Scott would really respond. And he's always been such a genuine and kind person. And together, they're just a very inspiring couple. Um, and so I went. <laughs> and I'd never been to Florida before. And I am a water lover. So I was really excited to see the ocean. Did not disappoint. Um the jellyfish were wild, but it was still so magical to see them in the water. And I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience going to this because this would be kind of retreat light. And I'm having my friend Susan come on and she's going to talk about her experience going to Esalen. Um, but this was more of a journey that I made by myself to meet people that I really respect, but I'm an indigo. And I am not great at small talk. <laughs> I don't love being in social situations where there is an expectation to mingle. I can do it and I do it, but it is something that's awkward for me. 
so I was in this environment where people just would be say, oh, you're an indigo. <laughs> and they would understand me. And while some people are very comfortable um, making lots of connections, what works better for me and what I understand about myself um, in many ways is I just need a few real connections. And that's enough for me. I did meet some wonderful people that are in my discussion group. And that is so fun to put people's faces and voices to the actual bodies. It's always such a trip to see how tall people are. And when I got to the opportunity at the book signing to meet Megan, what ended up happening is um, kind of a blur. And I ended up having just a beautiful hug with the two of them and just thanking them for all the good they're doing in the world. And their light that they shine on, not just me, there were probably over a hundred people at this event, um, helps my light to shine and all of our unique lights to shine. And that is the goal of spirituality, really, to find your own light, to feel comfortable and safe with it, and to be able to just shine and be who you really want to be, who you feel you are inside. It was a wonderful experience, and I highly recommend if you feel called to um, going to a talk or a lecture or meeting, uh, you know, go to a book signing where you could meet the author of one of your favorite books. Just feeling connected can be such a great experience. Now, as I'm saying that, I want to say, like, don't stalk people, obviously. Uh, This was a public event at a public space (laughs) where I paid to go, and it was a wonderful experience. So I... Highly recommend it. And I won a prize too, which was great. And of course, um, what happened when I won a prize was the person next to me said, oh, I think that's your number. And then um, Scott, who's calling out the numbers, said it must be an indigo. And then I said, oh, it's me. And he said, Jasmine. (laughs) I was like, am I the most indigo person here? Um, Maybe. Uh, but it was great. And I am so grateful. And if anybody has any questions about them, I'm going to link uh, a few of my favorite episodes. They're all great, but I really found so much value in like the first few episodes because she really gives so much information about the aura colors, about um, there's a, an episode called Empaths and Narcissists, which life-changing episode. And that really inspired me too, because I didn't know she has hundreds of episodes. I don't know how long I'll be able to, you know, do this, <laughs> but um, I really did think that if I were going to do a capsule collection of episodes, that the first 12 would be the ones that I would hope would last and would be of benefit. And that was really because those first um, dozen or so episodes were so helpful and transformative to me. So go find Mystic Michaela and Know Your Aura podcast. It's awesome. Highly recommend. And now I'm going to uh, introduce my friend, Susan Check. She and I have gone through the intuitive healing program with Catherine Schiff. And she recently went on her first spiritual retreat to Esalen, which has um, been around as a nonprofit a retreat center since the 60s. Uh, in the interview, I mentioned that I thought it was started by the people that started EST. It wasn't, but it was around in the same area at the same time. And I do believe there is crossover um, with the, because it's all part of the human potentiality movement or the human potential movement. 
which I might be doing an episode on soon. So I hope you really enjoy this interview. I think we go over kind of what it felt like to be at a retreat for the first time. I think she's so much fun to listen to. And at the very end, I'm going to offer just a simple gratitude practice so that while you're getting ready um, or just feeling the season, you know, you can have just a simple little meditative practice um, of gratitude. And I am so grateful for you, so grateful for your listening, and so grateful to share this interview with my friend, Susan. Okay, so for all of you curious retreatants out there, I have a real treat for you. It is uh, my friend and also my fellow graduate from Intuitive Healing with Catherine Schiff. And she's also one of my Reiki pupils, which is really awesome. And she is an absolutely magical being who I can't believe just went on your first spiritual retreat. Yeah. And I reached out to her, Susan Check, and I asked her if she would just share her experience going on her first retreat because it is so fresh and so new. So welcome to Are You Spiritual, Susan? Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Why don't you kind of talk about how you came to going to the retreat or kind of what brought you to that and how you chose that particular one? Okay. Well, honestly, I've, it's something I've always wanted to do. Um, it was something I had mentioned to my lovely husband and he actually bought me a gift certificate. Um, so that was the sort of stepping stone for going where I went, which was Esalen in Big Sur. It's a place that I've always heard about, always known about, but never, you know, obviously never been to. It's been around since I think the 60s. It was started by two men. I mean, it very, very like originated in sort of that hippie spiritual movement um, time. Uh, sort of I think it's the Est guys. Isn't the people behind Est? I think it is. Yeah. I'll find and out. And like Stan Groff was a big part of it as well. I mean, there's a lot of like, really big names in the spiritual community that were part of it um, in the beginning and just throughout time. Um, it's funny because when you say, when you talk about going to Esalen, people kind of have this idea that it's a bunch of people running around naked. Um, <laughs> which <laughs> I didn't, it wasn't like that, but there is definitely a freedom to be who you want to be clothed or not clothed. So yeah, he did a lot of research and he chose that place and um, I was very grateful and yeah. You had a variety of programs to choose from and did you know anything about the program you cho chose or was it more of an intuitive kind of draw? It was such an intuitive draw, such an intuitive draw because I was, I was actually, I knew I wanted to do something that I hadn't had experience in before, you know, I didn't want to go on a, no offense to a yoga retreat, but that wasn't what I was looking for. They actually have quite a few types of retreats. You can do more of a like creative writing. Uh, you can do something art related, music related. There's a lot of um, really deep kind of therapy types of workshops. Uh, so I chose kind of randomly the workshop I wanted to do. And I have to say it was so cosmically perfect because the leader, the teacher, um, so blessed to have been able to be in her presence. And yeah, it was such a gift. I think it does mostly work out the way it's supposed to. 
Yes, for sure. And it, it is interesting how, yeah, if you're just let the universe choose, it chooses correctly. So were there any, was there anything that surprised you about going on the retreat or anything that you, uh, maybe a, a good surprise or, or just surprising? Um, yes and no. I went alone, which, uh, was kind of terrifying and, and yet kind of exciting because it was sort of a, a, a choice that I knew that I was stepping into to be wholeheartedly a hundred percent present with no other distractions. It was also the thing that scared me the most um, because I didn't know what to expect. Um, and I ended up having, not having to, but choosing to share um, a room space with uh, two other women. I think what's surprising about a workshop or, or retreat is that you end up not having as much downtime. It's not really like this relaxing, or at least for me, I mean, it felt a lot more like being, you know, you're involved in many, many classes. There's many times of the day that you're meeting, you know, you're eating and having, you're around people a lot. So to me, it was a, a little bit more, yeah, there wasn't as much downtime. It wasn't really like some relaxing, um, yeah. I think I've noticed that too. Yeah. They do kind of give you a little bit of room to breathe, but it's not, you're not on vacation. You're no, do not yeah. go, to, go on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Sure. And I guess, <laughs> um, did you have any idea of what you were seeking when you were, um, when you chose this and did you feel like you had questions answered based on what you were looking for, I guess? Well, I was really drawn to the ceremony idea of what my teacher provided. It was a very like hands-on experience as far as like she did a lot of prayer. She did a water blessing. We had sound healings with, uh, you know, she did, she sang. I, I was really drawn to that ceremony aspect because it's part of setting up, I think, my own spiritual practice that is really important to me is your space, your altar, um, you know, what you have around you, you know, being thankful for the earth. And I also was drawn to how much she felt a connection to the Esalen area. She had worked a lot with the Esalen tribe. And so, um, yeah, I just, I think that that was definitely a reason I chose the one I did. And, and that was um, part of, I think that the, the thing that was interesting was getting out of it, not what you thought you would get out of it. That, that was a surprise. <laughs> That's always the way too, I, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> always, whatever you thought you were going for is not what you end up with, or you may get that too, but that wasn't. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was the shiny object. Right. Not necessarily the the treasure. Yeah. It actually reminded me a lot of, I don't know if anyone ever or of your listeners can relate to going to sleepaway camp when you're, you know, younger <laughs> and maybe going alone and being really terrified and getting there and like meeting your cabin mates and then not really having anyone to talk to at dinner, but then you make one friend and sort of reminded me of that experience. And I think my growth 
was about being present with people, with strangers mm-hmm. and feeling like sharing and being open around a large group of people that I didn't know. Well, I think also that's part of the alchemy of the experience is those people are meant to be there too. And and so the whole experience is like, as much as it is uncomfortable or for me, very overwhelming to interact with people, I also remind myself that no, I'm not going into a cave by myself. I'm going to a retreat with other people. and, And that's part of my experience. And I'm here to learn from them as well. Yes, for sure. And uh, it was interesting to see, to realize the things, my fears and like the parts of it that were harder for me were definitely those parts of being really vulnerable and open in front of like a group of strangers and then talking in front of other people. Like there were all these things that I had no idea were going to be hard or a challenge or things that I would grow from that definitely became sort of the big the big parts of it. And I I really a thousand percent agree with the group dynamic. It's like perfect. It's like who is supposed to be there is just, it works out. Yeah, it does. There's a lot to be learned. I remember one of the first retreats I went to, it was at a, um, an ashram and you do Seva there. So Seva is like sacred chores. Mm -hmm. So I always end up working in the kitchen because it's pretty much the easiest thing. And this lady kind of took charge and we were preparing zucchini because every, these are always, was yours vegetarian? Oh, did we talk about that? It was predominantly, but not a hundred percent, but the food was insane. So good. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she had us all line up all the zucchinis like on the table first and then cut them, which makes no sense if you're prepping. It's like cut, cut, throat, cut, cut. For, and I still remember that experience because why did we all do it? I still wonder. Mm -hmm. And then finally someone, and I don't think it was me, just said, no, this doesn't make sense. This isn't faster. Mm -hmm. And then she like crumpled. (laughs) We all just went on, you know, making the zucchini. But it was just so funny how I think that was still such a lesson to me. And I still think about it. Like, why am I lining the zucchini up? Does it make sense? Or am I just doing it because someone told me to, you know? So there are all these like kind of little and big lessons that come from those interactions that didn't come when I was sitting and, you know, meditating. So oh, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Okay. So what do you wish you'd known before? And what would be a tip you would give to someone who is considering going on their first retreat? And also, I just want to say, I've never been on a retreat with anyone else, but I do kind of like going by myself now that I'm used to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that I didn't have all the information. I'm glad that I was able to, um, you know, the first time, it's like any first time. It was my first time. I don't feel like I will be as scared or... Um, it, it will not be my first time the next time. So <laughs> I think you just have to go in with like an open heart and um, not have expectations actually, I think is the best to not, I mean, I remember everyone be like, so why did you, why are you here? Or why did you come? Or why did you choose this retreat? And it was, it was interesting to be like, I don't know. I really, I don't have really an exact reason. It's kind of like, 
I, I equate it similarly to um, you're tattooed, I'm tattooed. People, a lot of times that don't have tattoos, I find really want to find these, like, what's the meaning behind it? What, what, and I definitely have tattoos that have meaning, but I also have some that I've gotten because it was a fun experience or I was somewhere at a certain time and it just felt right. Or I just liked the way it looked. And I think that is sort of how I went into it. Just a little bit more open and organic. I definitely think for people going, you know, it's really nice to bring things that make you feel at home. I mean, our, I did bring candles and things, but they didn't let it was, it's Big Sur. There's lots of trees. They don't have <laughs> no fires to be lit. Um, but I brought like pictures of my family. Um, what else did I bring? I brought snacks actually. And I wasn't sure if I was supposed to, but I was like, I kind of want some snacks. Like, and things that just make me feel, I brought a blanket, like things that make me feel cozy and comfortable. Um, I think that was really important for me and yeah, I mean, you always need a journal for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I brought books that I never read, but you know, I've gotten to the point where I only bring one book now and I rarely crack the book. It's yeah. really funny. It's, it's yeah. Um, so I, is there anything else you want to share about the experience or any kind of words of encouragement or, you know, anything you want to, like, if the listeners are thinking, well, that sounds pretty good. I wonder, you know, what I should think of, or, you know, any suggestions? Um, I think be prepared for the integration process that has to happen afterward. Um, as far as it depends on what kind of retreat or workshop you do, but I think most of them have definitely are asking you to be present on a, a deeper level because you're usually there for, you know, three to five days, let's just say. So it's, it's more intense than just, you know, doing a class and turning off. Um, so I think that in a, for me, the integration part back into real life, I really tried to preserve this little special bubble that I felt. I mean, in, at Esalen, you're not really, you're not online. I mean, you can't really get on the internet. You can't get on the internet. They have Wi-Fi for very limited hours. So I think when I got home, I tried to keep some of that space, um, you know, being really intentional about how, what I wanted to expose myself to when I got home and trying to keep my practice, you know, my morning practice. Yeah. I think it's a gentle reintegration back into regular life. Yeah. And you and I, I remember we talked about it too. There, there can be this kind of hangover period because sure. you are so isolated um, from the news, from your daily, you know, stresses that when there is a reentry point, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and there's a lot that goes on because you feel like you've had such, maybe not everybody, but even a, a minorly profound experience is profound, but you come back to the world as you left it. For sure. And so it is something that to be considered, you know, it's really interesting when you um, people, I guess people do it differently, but in many silent retreats, they prepare you to go into silence and then they prepare you when you come out mm -hmm. and they allow you to have that time where you gently come back into, you know, speaking because um, you are so tender 
You yeah. know, you're like this very fragile bird in a nest, you know, and it's beautiful and it's a vulnerable experience where you can really grow and expand and share. But, you know, you can't put the egg back in the shell, <laughs> the bird back in the shell, you know. For sure. And I slept a lot when I got back. Um, I definitely feel like if, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are drawn to obviously drawn to what you speak about, but, you know, being, being an empath and being very sensitive, I didn't realize how much that would affect me. And so coming back, having been around a lot of people, I mean, my group was 50 people and it was people going, you know, there was a lot of trauma. People had different experiences for why they were where, you know, came. And so, um, upon returning, it was like, I really needed to take a break. And that was hard because I had felt like my spiritual practice was such a part of my life. And it was like, it, I had to stop. I had to put it on pause for a little while. And that I did not see coming. That was actually probably the hardest thing that happened was just coming back and trying to figure out who I was now and moving forward. And once I took that pause, it was fine. Everything came back. <laughs> I think that's really, really, really good advice, actually, is to understand that there will be this reentry period and to give yourself the space and the time to figure out what your practice looks like now and what it reflects now. And, you know, uh, I think that is actually a, I think that's probably the best kind of tip you could give anyone is to just, you know, breathe through the whole experience and give yourself the space and time to really process and assimilate all this growth and change. Sure. And, and also to give yourself the space to, to really reflect and put it through your own filtration system and be like, how do I feel about this experience? How did I process this experience? You know, do I need, maybe, maybe I need more mental health help now after this. Maybe I need to kind of follow up with my own kind of go back to the books that I really believe in. It, it is a very vulnerable time. So that's, that's a good, good <laughs> tip. That people wouldn't think about it. I, would, I didn't think about yeah. that. I think people probably, you know, it's not like going to a spa and getting massaged and, you know, sleeping and reading and laying by the pool. It's you're working, you're, you're, mm -hmm. you're doing work. And so coming back, you know, it is like you, you've sort of gone through a lot in a short period of time. And like, to your point too, like as an empath, you're holding space for all those other experiences that are yes. happening. Yes. So that is, that is also part of the process too. Yeah. No, and noticing right. for me, I totally noticed that I do that. Like, you know, a lot of times when we were doing different ceremonies or we did a tobacco ceremony, which was very intense and, um, we had to write our own prayer um, and we were, our prayers were about what we wanted to let go of and then what we wanted to call in. And we had a lot of time, you know, to work on our, our prayer. And she was very specific about like, you know, to be diligent and specific and really conscious of what we wanted to, to let go of and what we wanted to call in. And after the ceremony, I, I really noticed that I was so much wondering how, how did that person do? Was it okay for them? Was it, you know, and I think that, um, you know, you get to know things about yourself that you didn't know you were going to know or find out. So it reminded me about 
my the importance of the separations and the grounding and all the tools that we've learned to really put those into play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because and also really to bring the awareness to yourself, like, huh, I just had a very profound experience. And yet I'm thinking about all these other people. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get the, and I, I, maybe not your next retreat, but I do highly recommend a silent retreat yeah. because you really start to explore how much you are thinking about other people. Wow. And, I just, uh, it's really intense. Like how much you're worried about, like, if I don't smile at this person, are they going to take that? You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, a, you would, you would really dig it. I bet you would really dig it. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. There's so many different um, kinds of retreats too. And there's so many different retreat centers. And, you know, the one that Susan's talking about is in our area. I mean, it's a bit of a drive, but, um, and I would, I would bet that there are really um, credible spiritual retreats all over. And I would highly recommend mm-hmm. trying them. One, you know, you did, I think, a four or five day, but there are weekends, there are days, there are nights, there are things that are online too. And that's a good way to kind of check it out and see if it's something that you'd be interested in. But I'm for retreats. And and what about you, Susan? Would you say you're pro-retreat? I am pro-retreat. <laughs> what I have found is that if you find a retreat that they do have, like, I know my teacher offers, you know, sliding scales for people that might not be able to afford the whole thing. Sometimes retreat centers, like one that you went on, you can actually work and mm-hmm. do, you know, sort of take money off that way. But I do think there is something totally different about being immersed more deeply in something, like you said, even just for a weekend. Yeah. And I think also there's something about taking you out of your world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that does make a difference is like, it, if you can do that, it really does help you to kind of shed the labels and the programming and, you know, try something new, which is really good. Yeah. And I definitely suggest always researching your teacher and making sure that that person is, um, legit and 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 has years of experience and um and also esalen has been around since the 70s i knew i was using correctly there but i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) but you know like so but but there are many centers like that you know and different ways you can do it so i think that was really really great advice and i think you've made it very relatable to people so you know i love to ask uh, everyone that is brave enough to come on are you spiritual and sit with me. Uh-huh. Do you have a favorite um, spiritual tip or book or mantra or anything that you would like to share that maybe helped you go through this experience or that you brought away with you or maybe has nothing to do with that at all? Um. Well, I do love the morning precepts of Reiki. I feel like it's such a reminder um that every day you're making a choice um and you're you know with the reiki one i don't know if you want to share it jasmine but um (laughs) you know Um, yeah yeah just the reiki precepts are um just for today i will not worry just for today, I will not anger. Just for today, I'll be, well, I had a grateful, but it's implied. I just agree. for today, I'll be grateful. Just for today, I'll be humble. Just for today, I'll be hum- honest. 
just for today, I will be compassionate to myself and others. And I share that because first of all, you can find it, you know, it's not like a big mystery, but also like you said, Susan, like, I think that is just a really simple present tense intention that kind of encompasses pretty much everything. I'm going to try to be honest. I'm going to try to be humble. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be compassionate to myself and others. And I'm trying to try not to fly off the handle. <laughs> and you know, just for today is the key word for all of it. Because mm-hmm. if we do that every day, just for today, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And definitely to breathe. Um, a thousand percent to breathe. I mean, she would make us breathe with sound. Like a. <sighs> and yeah. that was very like important to her to vibrate the sound out. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so funny. Like so so much of the time still I'll be like, wow, I was just totally holding my breath. So yeah. yeah, Breathing and breathing into the places. Your body is your biggest information and, you know, breathe into the places that hurt or feel tight. You know, that's going to give you the most information. And a lot of times too, and probably one of the reasons that your teacher was focusing on exhaling is frequently we pant and we don't even know we do, we're doing it. So we're not even using our full lungs to breathe. We're breathing at like the top 40%, right? So we're, so when you force yourself to exhale and then you draw it in and hopefully you expand the lungs and yeah, I mean, I've said it before on this podcast, like three deep breaths in a row. If you can, if you can do that every day. You're on to something because I'm telling you, when you start doing it, you get to one and a half <laughs> and then you forget to do. Yeah. I hold my breath. That's what I do, which is a different sort of thing. But yeah. yeah, people hold their breath. A lot of people really breathe just very shallowly. Yeah. And so you're not even getting the oxygen you need. So we're and that just, you know, we could go on and on, but that like yeah. stimulates the fight and flight. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it really does all start with the breath, you know, and you can do a breath work retreat. Maybe that's the next one. Actually, I met a girl who just did one and it was, she was telling me about it. That actually was a lot more intense than I would have thought too. Yeah. Breath work is very intense, actually. Maybe we'll do an episode on that after Mm -hmm. I go to the breath work retreat. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Susan. You have been absolutely awesome. And hopefully this didn't hurt too much and you will come back and share your wisdom. I'm going to have Susan back on when I do the episode on Sangha. So um, you will see her again. Thank you so much. Love you. Thank you. (laughs) I love you too. Isn't she the best? And I think she really talks about a lot of what um, you might be curious about would happen at a five-day retreat. So I will link Esalen's information and there are tons of spiritual retreats across the country. If you can get a referral, um, that's the best way to do it. But, you know, really just do your research, do your due diligence and um, yeah, let me know how it goes on your spiritual retreat. <laughs> so to wrap up, because I'm really hoping this will come out um, with enough time before Thanksgiving. Um First of all, I'm so grateful to anyone who listens to this podcast. It really is a labor of love. It's something that was, you know, I I like to say it was kind of like the way Athena was born. You know, it just, the idea just sprung out of my head, fully formed. 
And it has been such an informative and fulfilling experience. And I'm so grateful. Thank you. And then I know that this time can be difficult, right? So if you need support and help, really reach out. Um, There is support and help for you. Uh, My friend Shannon, who was on the podcast uh, last episode, is one of those incredibly compassionate, uh, capable, and understanding therapists that exist in the world. You're not alone. And if you are in that place, I just want to send my true heart to you. I hope that helpful people come to you, that you are safe, and that each day gets a little better until you are whole. And for the rest of us who maybe live in somewhere in between um, constant gratitude and the malaise of daily life, this is a really wonderful time to just return to gratitude. And I'm a big fan of a gratitude journal, especially when times are tough. And you can be grateful for a cup of coffee. You can be grateful for a smile. You can be grateful that you woke up. You can be grateful for more. You can be grateful for all the loving relationships you have in your life. You can be grateful for your material possessions. You can be grateful for your peace of mind, your healthy mind and body. It's a high vibration gratitude. And there's a lot of research that shows that when we um, start being grateful and feeling grateful, our mood elevates and we actually have um, like a positive response in the brain. So there's that part of it. But on a spiritual sense, and this is, are you spiritual? When we move into a level of gratitude, we start moving into the vibration of possibility. When we move into a place where we can start welcoming in um more light into our lives. So it's important, even if it's just that you woke up today or that you have a hot cup of coffee or that your shoes fit, (laughs) that's a lot. Where there's life, there's hope. And if you have more, give more blessings for that. And then really consider how much you can spread those blessings around. And this could be monetarily, this could be um, with your time, this could be with your energy. Um, Perhaps you know someone who's struggling and maybe you don't feel like you can rescue them, but maybe you can say like, hey, can I get you a Starbucks card? Or would you like me to, you know, walk your dog? Um, Or just even send a text that says, I'm thinking about you. We really don't know how these small acts of gratitude and kindness and compassion manifest for others. And it's generally for the good. Now I talk about this a lot, but I haven't really done it before. So I wanted to offer a gratitude practice. I'm going to do um, something so that what if you're cooking or cleaning, you don't have to stop. Um, but if you can sit down on a chair, I like to sit in a chair. You can sit cross-legged if you like. And just take a moment. Now I'm imagining that you're cleaning or you're cooking. So I'm going to count out a five, 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 five box breath. And while I teach all different kinds of meditation, one of the ones that I find, the technique that I find um, 
so successful for me when I don't have a lot of time is are the techniques of mindfulness. So um, one of the essential techniques that brings you into the present moment is to just follow your breath. So for three breaths, I'm going to do a count of five box breath. So you'll breathe in for five. You'll hold the breath for five. You will exhale slowly for five, and then you'll hang in between the breaths for five. This allows you to have the mental awareness of your breathing, also gives the lungs uh, the chance to absorb the oxygen so that you can get the benefits of the oxygen in your bloodstream. It um, The slow exhale really calms the nervous system down and hanging between the breaths creates this understanding of how thirsty we are for our breath and how necessary it is. So we bring gratitude to each step of the process with just some simple awareness. So just take an even easy breath in and on your next slow, steady exhale, inhale, just imagine that the lungs are truly being full all the way down to the bottom of the lungs. So breathe in one, two, three, four, five, hold one, two, three, four, five, slowly exhale as slow as you can, three, four, five, and just hang in between the, the breaths, three, four, Five. Now with your awareness, slowly breathe in. One, two, three, four, five. Hold the breath, imagining it filling the entire lung capacity. Three, four, five. Slow, steady exhale. Three, four, five. And just hang between the breaths. Two, three four, five. With all your awareness, slowly inhale. One, two, three, four, five. Imagining oxygen going into every cell of the body. Just hold the breath. Three, four, five. Slowly exhaling. One, two, three, four, five. And just returning to an even deep breath. Now just bring your awareness exactly to what you're doing right now. If you're sitting, bring your awareness to the base of your body to where you're sitting. If you're cleaning, bring all your awareness to the surface you're cleaning. If you're cooking, bring all of your awareness to what you're doing. You can make this a sensory experience too. Feel the cloth under your fingers, smell the food that's cooking, feel the breeze on your skin or the warmth or the coolness of the air. Just be in this moment, wherever you are. And as you're here, I send some positive wishes of gratitude. If you just want to repeat the ones that work for you in your mind, and if it doesn't work for you, just let it wash away. I am a being full of light and love. I am a being full of light and love.
I am a being full of light and love. Good things come to me. Good things come to me easily and effortlessly. Good things come to me easily and effortlessly. I am grateful. Fill in the blank. I am grateful for I am grateful for Now just bringing your awareness back to the breath. Feeling your body in your body. Make good things surround you. May you feel whole. May you know love and safety. May your dreams come true. I am so grateful for you. So grateful for your existence, for your curiosity, and for your good thoughts to create a better world. Your healing matters. You deserve to thrive. Thank you so much for listening. Just bring your awareness back to your body. Wiggle your toes. Maybe put your hand on your heart. Just feel the warmth. I'm wishing you a happy whole <laughs> holiday. Thank you, and I'll see you on the next episode of Are You Spiritual? Thank you for listening to the Are You Spiritual podcast and joining us on this journey. Please like, subscribe, share with friends, and write us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. If you have any questions, thoughts, or episode topic ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email us at areyouspiritualpodcast at gmail.com. 